Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in the Big Five with D-Ray. I'm here with Natalie Eganoff. What's going on with you, Nat? Hello. What's up with you? What's up with you? I know this is a little unorthodox. We're actually sitting in the middle of a beer garden right now having an interview on the spot in Fishtown, but thank you. Yes. Thank you, Sean. It's a beautiful area. day. I'm happy to be outside. I know. I know. I've never done this. Like I, I told you, you know, before we started, I have a love for spontaneous things and this yeah. is cool this takes on a different feel for the interview everybody's staring at us but i think it's okay it's hilarious it's <laughs> hilarious they all have their mimosos and brunch and we're over here with two microphones <laughs> but um we're we gonna get into it if you had to choose i hate to put you on spot like this from jump okay that was me giving you a second to think okay if you had to choose which big five team would you go with what big five team yes i mean i gotta go with nova okay i have to okay, they're the okay. best okay okay Got it. No, got to go with Nova. I know that um, probably my Temple alum uh-huh. might be a little upset about that. I am excited about Temple uh, yeah. with Aaron McKee taking over. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be a whole new era for Temple basketball. Uh-huh. And I'm excited to see what they do with the program. But Nova's just been such a powerhouse that yes. you got to ride with them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Roll with the winners. So I'm not just saying that. <laughs> no, no, I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so what... What do you think Aaron McKee brings to Temple more than anything else? I feel like his ability to probably connect with the players, mm-hmm. having been a player, yeah. you know, and played in all like facets of basketball, as yes. I think like what he's going to bring to the table that perhaps some of the coaches in the past haven't been able to, to connect with the players uh-huh. because he's been there. And I think that that's so important, um, not just in basketball, but in sports in general. Yeah. Like I find with the Eagles, a lot of the times when they talk about coach Doug Peterson a lot of what they say is you know he's been there so he knows what it's like and I feel like there's that connection because they have that like empathy Uh to go through it Mm -hmm. because it's easy to like tell people what to do and to coach people Mm -hmm. but like to be able to do it in an effective way because and have the experience because they know how to listen okay okay and Nat so you've been around a lot of sports you know you're you're one of the biggest uh, sports personalities in the city if you had to sum up big five basketball to uh to one word what would you say it is Mm. it's always been fun Uh to me i love the competitiveness Mm -hmm. and the rivalries Uh you know and i know everybody's like so diehard about their team yes so it's it it brings that fun element i think that a lot of other cities don't have Mm -hmm. and what do you think uh is the biggest rivalry and the school is the big five. Some people say Penn and Nova. Some people say Nova and Temple. Some people say Temple and St. Joe's. Some pe- it, it seems like everybody has their opinions. Some people say LaSalle and Penn because of what happened with Fran Dunphy. Right. Like, what do you think is the biggest rivalry? Well, it's funny. Like, growing up, I always thought that Nova and St. Joe's uh-huh. had a really big rivalry. Yes. And so it's, that's it's, it's nasty. It gets, it it's, gets nasty. Yeah, so that's the one that I know of the most. Uh-huh. Because I know St. Joe's people who, like, hate Nova, and I know yes. Nova people who, like, hate St. Joe's. Okay, okay. And I don't hear, like, hatred from, like, some of the other teams. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you oh, know? you know, we play them. We want to beat them. But, right, like, right. But St. Joe's, it's like, it's like you know, St. Joe's fans have, like, dartboards. Yeah. With, like, Jay's face on it. Yes. Like, yeah, totally. The, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the hawk will never die. Exactly. It's like, but is he even flying exactly. anymore? I don't know. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I, I got to say somewhat neutral. It's this whole big five show. But. 
the, the Hulk is no longer around. That, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't trying to take a dig. I'm no, just no, saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> but speaking of the Hulk, um, Billy Lang, he recently took the job yeah. over at St. Joe's. Yeah. Obviously, you're familiar for him from his days at Nova, but more importantly, his days with, with the, the Sixers. Sixers. Yeah. How do you think he changes that program? I think it's going to be, again, I feel like it's that ability to connect mm -hmm. with the players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's bringing that NBA experience yes. to college which yeah. is gonna it's gonna be interesting i always find that that transition yeah is interesting when uh. the college i don't know i don't know what that was <laughs> i think a bird just flew I into that i was about to say this is the kind of the the, the, <laughs> the woes of being outside um, birds just flying into the canopy i know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it's a, it'll be again i feel like the whole Big Five is just kind of in a little bit of a transition because uh -huh. everybody wants to be Nova now. Yeah. So the teams are really going to start to try to compete because yes. it's just kind of been Nova again, like has been the powerhouse. So mm -hmm. Billy Lang's going to bring a new element to it. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about you for a sec. Okay. No oh God. No 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 no. It's not not anything bad. It's just I gotta ask on here. What made you want to get into media? Because like I said, you're one of the biggest names in the city as far as you know news personalities go and covering different sports. And you bring a different dynamic in so many ways. We've talked about this several times yeah, at this point. Yeah. You know, you bring that kind of fun and loose feel, but you take your job very serious. And oh you yeah. Can kind of play in that middle ground. I love that. But what made you choose media as the way to channel that? Um. Well, it's funny. So I always wanted to be. I guess an entertainer of some sort, uh, but really didn't know which way to go. And yeah. I kind of got into broadcasting when I was in high school uh -huh. at uh, Cardinal Doherty, mm -hmm. and I did uh, CDTV was our like morning yes. news program, and I was the anchor. Okay, so okay. that kind of that kind of kicked it off, uh -huh. and I was just like, I'm just gonna keep rolling with this and see what happens, and uh -huh. then. Uh, I've always loved Philly sports. Yeah. So getting my in at WIP in college was just huge. So I yeah. kind of just took that and ran with it. Mm -hmm. So those early days at Colonel Doherty, and obviously we got to touch on another point about that. Yeah. But we were stay, we were, <laughs> right now we're going to stay on the media in those early days. What was the most exciting part for you in that, that anchor role? Um, I think it's so interesting, like, when you first start off in media, you first start off in any business, the things you find exciting versus yeah. the things you find exciting later on. Well, I think what was so exciting to me when I was first started, I mean, I was ta I'm talking like I was like 16 years old doing mm -hmm. it. And it was people telling me that I was good at it. Yes. You know, because I actually, I, I played sports myself a little and I was always like the second place person, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Participation, true. <laughs> I did. I was like... I was okay, but I was never like really, really good at sports, you yeah. know? So like finding something that I was good at mm -hmm. and getting acknowledgement for it was super exciting to me. Uh -huh. People being like, wow, Nat, you're actually like really talented at this, you know? <laughs> no, you are. You right. are. You, never, you have a, a natural feel for it. Yeah. So WIP in college, what was the most exciting point about that time? Oh my God. Everything, everything. Just being a part of it every day and I just started as the receptionist there mm -hmm. uh, you know part-time while I was still at Temple and yeah. being there every day and kind of learning the business that way uh -huh. and seeing people and like I just always had a genuine excitement every single day that I would go there because I didn't know what was gonna happen that day yeah. who yeah. was gonna walk in that door yes you know like it was it was awesome uh -huh. and I was just like 19 years old with this experience it was so cool yeah so now, what's the most exciting thing about your career right now? Oh, my God. Just 
Because you're in several different things, you know, you're involved with so much, you're constantly moving. Like, what do you find excitement in now? The excitement? Because you're not a surprise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh -huh. You're not as surprised as you were. Like, right. like you said at 19, it was like, I don't know who's going to walk through that door. Right. But after a while, it's like, you kind of, you know what you get yourself to that, into yeah. a bit more. So what do you find excitement in now? I mean, just the opportunities that have come from me working in the industry for the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, I just doors have opened up that I never imagined would uh -huh. and now I'm at that point where people are coming to me yeah. for things which is like a really great feeling uh -huh. you know getting the recognition and really exciting things like I was on the cover of a magazine yeah. this year and yeah. like I never anticipated that at 5'4 <laughs> you know like that and that was something they were like we love your work and we want you to be on the cover of our magazine. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah. You know, like these random I mean, things. Put in the work, though. Right, right. Well, well, yeah, but like these random things that like you don't even think of that just kind of pop up out of left field. I'm like, okay, like this is yeah. so cool. Uh -huh. Stuff like that. So I have to ask, what is the ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is I really want to do. I guess like uh, like 30 for 30 features mm -hmm. um, just because I really enjoy people in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like athletes as a whole, like are so multifaceted uh -huh. and so interesting. And I like to like showcase the good that people do yes. with their platforms. Yes. So I, something along like those lines. Mm -hmm. So let's stick with that theme. You okay. talk about people doing good with their platforms, things like that. In Philadelphia, I, I gotta be honest, I think because we're a bit of a smaller city, it goes a little bit more notice. For example, last weekend we're at Corey Clements, um, charity football game right you know and we we see all he's doing he's you know pouring back community we see all the guys that showed up yeah on his team yeah and former teammates you know and things like that what do you think an athlete's responsibility is to their city to the city yeah um i feel like that's a very personal choice for mm -hmm. the athlete um i do you know we actually talk about this on the mike misnelli show a lot yes. is whether or not you consider athletes to be people and yeah. if they are socially obligated to, you know, be role models and, yeah. you know, Mike Missinelli's point is always, he's like, no, he's like, they could do whatever they want. <laughs> you know, like they, they're, they're not socially obligated to anybody just because they play a sport, yeah. which is a fair assessment. However, I think that if you have that power, then you should use it you for should good. Use it for good. Mm -hmm. That's just my stance on it. But it's it's a personal choice, and there's nothing that I love more, especially being in Philly, than seeing like the athletes who come here yeah. and really take care of the city yes. and give back to the city. Just because they're so loved here. The athletes mm -hmm. who are in the city are so beloved, and just to feel like they're giving back to the people who support them you know, monetarily and mm -hmm. with their attention, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> So, all right, so let's stay in the theme of love. What do you think that love, I, I like to just call it passion. Because yeah, Because I feel like totally. that love can get real ugly with Philly fans. Yeah. But where do you think that love comes from? Like, why is it such a concentration of it here? And that's no knock to the New York and the L.A.s or the Chicago's of the world, but it's different here. Yeah. It's different here. Where do you think that comes from? So I just, I tell people this all the time. It's kind of growing up here. And just seeing, you know, the city is not, it has not been glamorous. I feel like it's only kind of been glamorous, like mm -hmm. maybe the last five to ten years with things coming up, yeah. you know, um, that for years and years, it was just a city where people went to work and then they went home. There yeah. was no real, like, 
culture to the city. I mean, now we have restaurants and arts and like the arts yeah. and music. You know what I mean? But um, I think that for a long time, the sports teams were all that people had here. Uh-huh. And they it gave them something to feel like prideful about outside of their nine to five jobs. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a blue collar city that it's the the lives of the people, the lives of Philadelphians are very simple at, you know, at yeah. the heart. Yeah. So you, you think because of that blue collar town, that commitment, almost a process of elimination that it's like, listen, we got sports and we got we to gotta just roll with it. You think that's what is the, the ultimate, um, I don't know, fuel that, that Philadelphia fans use? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, having never been good <laughs> for a long time. And uh-huh. I, I, I mean, I feel like we get our due you know we can't win every year but you know we have a championship in pretty much every category which is pretty good Mm -hmm. some other cities still don't i was about to say um it could be worse it could be worse a lot better but it could be yeah yeah um yeah i think like never really having Mm -hmm. and like just having that philly chip on your shoulder where you know the rest of the nation always kind of like picks on us i had a i had a, a guy on the show last week i'm gonna leave his name you know out there so i'm just gonna call him the disgruntled Philly fan. Uh-huh. And I asked him, I said, where do you think it comes from? And he goes, we have a little brother complex. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, I never thought of it like that. He was like, we hate New York. We hate being compared to New York. We're not New York. In our eyes, we're better. Right. And he was like, because of that, we walk around with this chip on our shoulder. And that's kind of like what you've spoken to just a little bit. Like kind of that, like, we're us. We're <laughs> us. We want to be us more than anything. You know, stop. We're not anybody else. And we have right. what we have. And we love what we have. Yeah. So... I got to ask you, because you, you said the last five to ten years, but let's just cut it down to five. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, when the Sixers started the process right. and really got it moving, yeah. how do you think the Sixers' um, trajectory affects the city? Because I feel like it's, it's not a coincidence that as they started to do better, like, you know, the Phillies had their run back in the, the, the end of the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, the Eagles just won a championship. But it's something about the Sixers. It's just as they do good, the city seems to do good. You take yeah. it back to the AI era, you take it back further to the 80s. Like It seems like, for some reason, the Sixers seem to be the, the pace setters almost for the right. city. Why do you think that is? Um, my God. Uh, so I think basketball, and I say this all the time, is mm. that basketball is so accessible to everyone. Mm. And it. I think basketball is more of a unifying sport yes. than the other sports because you just need one thing to play mm-hmm. and you can play basketball anywhere yeah so i think that people the simplicity of it yeah the simplicity of it and the fact that like especially in the city of philadelphia mm-hmm. you know people everybody plays basketball yes like growing up here <laughs> everybody plays ball like that's yeah. it you know so i think that just and having a team to cheer for that's good mm-hmm. i think that that's why because it's like okay and again it goes back to that whole like validation uh-huh. thing yeah. So if everybody plays it, it's like, oh, we can all get behind that because we have a personal stake in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody can connect with basketball. Okay. Okay. And you can connect with basketball. Yes, I can. Because before, like I said, we were going to touch back on this <laughs> thing. One of your former, and I'm putting air quotes up right now, y'all, teammates <laughs> just won an NBA championship. And this is a guy who is Mr. North Philly. This is a guy who the city, you know. Some people in the city have mixed feelings about, to be honest, obviously, me being a Villanova guy and, and, and kind of, you know, being around that area, growing up a little bit, 
I have nothing but the utmost respect for him, except for when we we get on the court and the you know and open gyms in the summer. But right. <laughs> Mr. Lowry, yes, we got to touch on that real quick. Yeah, what were those days like? Um, so being at Doherty, he was two years older than me. Uh-huh. Um, but being at Doherty during that time, yeah, was insane mm-hmm. because. <laughs> Again, the rest of our team sucked. <laughs> like, our football team was terrible. Uh-huh. We couldn't compete. You know what I mean? Like, and we were, he was so dominant. That mm-hmm. whole team, like him, Shane Clark, Blau Ben, Tim Smith, like all those guys, like, yes. they were so dominant in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doherty was, you know, the, I guess, one of the more inner city schools, uh-huh. one of the more inner city, like, Catholic schools. Yes. You know, so there was all kids who, like, we didn't, we weren't like the rich kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whose like parents had like a lot of money to throw at all of us yeah. to like be good at what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to beat, you know, the rest of the schools <laughs> was always so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, I said teammate because like we were in the loony bin every Friday night, you know, cheering them on. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was such a cool time. You do know you got to elaborate on what the loony bin is. Oh, okay. So the loony bin was a section of um, our gym at Doherty where everybody would just go crazy. Uh-huh. It was just at the end of the court and uh-huh. everybody would just go oh, insane. Oh, the student section. So like yeah, we, the we student section. It, we called it the, the dog pound at Lower America. Oh, yeah. Our, our sign was, a, okay. Yeah, so uh, that was the loony bin. Where is <laughs> loony bin? You know what? From? I actually don't even know. I don't even know I where the loony bin like came from. No one ever really like can pinpoint it. Like whoever's around can tell the story. Yeah. isn't telling it. Like yeah. the loony because I'm, I'm hearing like, all right, they have nothing to do with Space Jam, right? Or or the Looney Tunes, but the loony bin. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I gotta see this. Yeah, I like think back. Yeah, I like think back on those times, and it's like back then, like you had, you like heard the buzz. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, they could go to the NBA, and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, wow, that would be so cool, yeah. you know. And then like, so now to watch him not only have this incredible NBA career, mm-hmm. but to finally win it, uh-huh. you know, so late into so late into his career, you yeah. know, it's like. It's a source of pride, yeah. I think, for me, yeah. especially just Philly pride, man. having, you know, watched him over the years, just the growth. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's Philly pride. We, we love it. We, anything that anything is a product that we feel like is a product of ours, shall I say, because <laughs> we claim a lot of things. But anything that we say is a product of ours, we, we take pride in it. What do you think about Kyle uh, personifies the city? I mean, clearly, I hate to use the term because I feel like it's so overexposed now, but like the grit, the mm-hmm. grit that he plays on the court, that he has on the court, yes. you know, and it's funny because back, uh, I remember in high school, he would be so, you know, aggressive and emotional on yes. the sideline and uh, just that he never lost that passion for the game. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed like that was one part of him that just stayed consistent and, mm-hmm. Uh, just you could just see the way that he plays on the court is just he just plays with that tenacity, yeah. you know, and he just doesn't take his foot off the gas mm-hmm. ever. It's good, it's good. All right, with that we got to wrap up, but I got to ask one more question. Okay. What do you want people to believe in? What this do I? This is on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh. I started this question two shows ago, and I want to ask everybody: What do you want people to believe in? Um, I know it's, I guess it's corny, but themselves. No, it's not corny. No, I We're mean, going. it's just like you truly have to have belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I feel like that's hard to do sometimes yeah. because there are so many like obstacles that like life presents you with, you so know? So many things telling you not to. So many things telling you not to or like situations that 
you feel like are hindering yourself. But like, seriously, if you just put your mind to something and dedicate yourself to something and just really just stay the course, just believe in yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Aganol. Thank you. This was fun. Plug your social, please, please, please. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Twitter, Twitter, the gram, all of it. At Natalie Aganoff. It's Mm E-G-E-N-O-L-F. F as in Frank. And then, yeah, same thing on Instagram, too. And I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it. All right. LinkedIn, Twitch, anything else? No. I'm, I'm I mean, like I have a LinkedIn, <laughs> but I don't know why. No, I don't, no, no, I'm just messing, I've never. With you. Does anybody know how to use LinkedIn? I don't. I, I'm just finding out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to I'm addicted. I'm addicted. But, Nat, thanks for being on the show. This has been Believe in the Big Five with D-Ray and Natalie Aguinal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.